All right, welcome to another live podcast. This will be the final instant reaction podcast of the regular of the season. Uh, the Patriots eliminated from playoff contention by the Buffalo Bills today, 35-23. Um, and, you know, listen, it wasn't all pretty, certainly on the special teams, but I thought that overall the Patriots actually played pretty well today, and it was a heck of a lot closer than I expected it to be. Yeah, and that seems to be kind of the story of a lot of the big games the Patriots played this year, too. There's been quite a few of these where it was a big moment, and they made a lot of plays, and they make you feel good. And it's like, all right, we can build on this, but at some point, you got to turn them into wins, too. And yep. it's a really good I, – I was, I was impressed with the emotional maturity of this team in this moment to go into Buffalo and, I mean, even, even just showing up. I mean, after the, the opening kickoff return touchdown – and going three and out immediately with the offensive line just getting killed by the Bills' defensive line there, it could have wilted in that moment. Could have given up and said, this is too tough. And they didn't. So I was impressed there. Thought most of the players made good plays. It obviously wasn't perfect. Um, and you're not going to play a perfect football game, too. Like, that's part of it. There's always going to be mistakes. Right. I thought on the offense and defense, there was a lot, a lot, a lot of good. The special teams uh, left a lot to be desired. I want to, I want to lead off the special teams discussion here to put a little context into this. Let's not forget this team cut Justin Bethel coming into the season. Yep. And then Cody Davis got hurt and done for the year. And now Brendan Schooler was out today. I believe he had an injury he was dealing with and he was inactive. So I, we can talk about the coaching situation too. And that obviously needs to be addressed at special teams. Players got to make plays and, uh, the backups did not step up. The backups did not do the job. Raleigh Webb is one of the worst special teamers I've ever seen in my life. He is truly horrendous out there, and he wouldn't be on the field uh, without some of the other, we'll say, personnel decisions there with Bethel and the health concerns with other guys. And it yeah, the felt, Bethel, yeah, there's the multiple times this year where it felt like the Patriots were kind of a, a player, a player or two away from being in a game, and. Think about how many injuries they've had and just how frustrating that is when it mounts all season and just the depth wasn't there this year. Yeah. It's just, it's frustrating, but you know, I don't know what that echo is all about, man. I don't know if it's on my end or your end, but it sounds awful. I don't, I don't hear an echo. If you guys hear an echo in the chat, let us know. Um, maybe it's just me. I don't know. But either way, you know, Oliver says Cam Acord must be arrested. I agree. I agree. You know what? Take Miles, take Miles Bryant with him. Um, that that's one of that's you know that's a top ten worst play of the season. I mean, you know, you get to a point where this guy runs through the hole and you're standing there in the hole on that kick return, and you have a clear shot, a clear shot at taking him down, and and he just he just misses him. He just just bounces right off him, and it's like, man, you just you got to be kidding me with that. You know, you you've got to be kidding me with that, and that's. That's type of that's some of the stuff that that's so frustrating where you just look at it and think like you just you, you can't you just you can't have that type of crap happen on on your football team and so and that that's one of the things for me is like you know you walk away from the season saying you, you have these good things and you have these bad things and the Justin Bethel thing doesn't make any sense to me why he was cut makes no sense there's no reason to cut him there was and maybe maybe you said hey we need more guys to do more things but Riley Webb he ain't doing – he's doing nothing for you. Nothing. Not him. It, no. it just special teams, right? So, like, what's the difference between Justin Bethel and – and I know, like, Cody Davis goes down, so you get it. But, like, 
it just it's one of those things for me that like you know some of those personal decisions over the offseason you're kind of like hey man like we needed some of these special teams guys and we weren't able to get we weren't able to have them on the roster for some reason and it's also i mean team building is is tough like it's evaluating all the stuff is tough and getting the right guys out there it's it's a hard job it's why we see gms get fired all the time it's, it's not easy work and it happens sometimes on the bryant thing too first of all buffalo's got to be a house of horrors for miles bryant at this point after the playoff game last year and now this one like yeah. he's got to be terrified anytime he sees that stadium i feel bad for him there and the other thing is that if if the way things pan out is you're relying on somebody miles bryant's size to make a one-on-one right. -on -one touchdown saving tackle, something else has probably also gone wrong on your oh, kickoff yeah. return. And I mean, you look at the end of the game too, like obviously the Bills score that last touchdown to kind of put the nail in the coffin, it felt like. What does that get set up by? Well, you kick it out of bounds on by accident on the squib kick because you can't trust the return team. Right. And I felt like the Patriots were, uh, I can't say a good team, but a, a decent team, or at least when they put everything together, but not good enough to overcome the small mistakes and yeah. they couldn't and then every team's going to make small mistakes even the best coach teams are going to make small mistakes too so you, you need at a certain point you need you just need the players to play better and that's coaching's responsibility to make them play better quite true quite true so you know we'll see we'll see what happens it's just it's uh it's very frustrating and and it's really hard because you know and they're talking about slater's giving his press conference now david andrews gave his press conference I I don't I don't know if Matthew Slater comes back next year. I just don't know if he does. Um, it doesn't feel like he does. It do, no. certainly doesn't feel like he he is, and it and it also feels uh, it also feels like Devin McCourty isn't coming back either. So, you know, it's just it, it's it's hard. And the thing that really sucks is that if Slater if Slater does retire. For him, for his last game to be a game like that where the special team just blows it so incredibly bad. I mean, they lost this game because of special teams. They gave up 14 points on special teams and then gave the Bills a short field with they scored another touchdown on that drive as well. They lost by 12 points. 12. They lost by 12 and they gave up 14 on special teams. Like, you know, and like I say, then then you have another one where we give them the ball at the 40-yard line. Instead, it's just like, that type of stuff is is the absolute killer. And the fact that you don't have, you know, I think the polarity thing is is interesting because you couldn't find a punter who could kick off. Like you, you couldn't find anyone who could kick off. Like you, I'm you, sure you had trusted folk with that. I mean, you you would expect folk with all of his experience to be able to handle kind of the technique based stuff. That's not a power thing on squib. That's pure technique. If folk can't execute that, like it's, right. yeah, I don't think a punter is going to do that part better. But to me, you know, you have a guy that can A, either kick it out of the end zone or B, pop it up and get it high enough so that when it's at the one yard line, we get guys down there, you know, to, to block. Nick Folk isn't that guy. So Viscaino wasn't that guy either. So bring in someone else or bring in someone who isn't Polardi. Like Polardi wasn't a good punter. He was fine. But like you could have replaced him with anybody. Well, right. I think that's the issue. It's like you're you're down to the scraps at that point. I don't know if there's anybody else out there who would be better. Like it's right. No, you're right. And this and this is it's the just the tough part about all this. And I don't know what's going on with Jack Jones and Jake Bailey over there. By the way, while we're talking about Bailey and the yeah. suspension there, I don't know. I don't really feel like we can comment on it too much without knowing more details because that's going to go through a whole process now. Um, 
But yeah, and this is this is the second game of the season where the offense gave them a lead in the third quarter. And the defense did not get to take the field with the lead immediately after. Minnesota game and this one, both of them chances right. where you could kind of swing the momentum and let the deep we've talked all year about how the defense plays better when it has a lead and can kind of tee off. And I thought the defense mostly did a really good job of pressuring Josh Allen today. Josh Allen, side note here, Josh Allen is such a good player and those those deep passes he made and yeah, I, I thought even on the even on the, the play the Bills scored. I don't think the Patriots made a lot of bad plays on defense today. The Bills just made better ones, um, right? And that's True. where it's like, all right, it does feel like. I, know, I mean, Jonathan Jones is a free agent this year. I don't think he played poorly. Is he worth bringing back at the price point, or do you take the opportunity and no try to shot. upgrade, or do you try to you try to upgrade that position? You spend more on a better player there because I think this team. It needs an elite player in that secondary somewhere, especially if Devin McCourty's done after right. this. Right. Uh, whether you go for a free safety, whether you go for a corner, whether you sign Jonathan Jones and have him play safety, and you go sign another corner, like I, I don't know what you do. I think you got options there, but you need somebody who can compete with Diggs if you want to compete right. in this division. And JC Jackson wasn't it, and Jonathan Jones is not it, and I think you might need to try somebody else. I think John Jones pretty clearly showed all year he's not a number one corner. I think that's pretty clear. I think he's an okay player. Maybe he maybe he belongs more in the slot. I think he did okay on the outside this year. He wasn't awful. Um, but he just he isn't a number one corner. Now, if he goes out to the market and people are underwhelmed and they're paying him money as if he is a slot corner slash number two corner, I wouldn't hate paying that for him. I wouldn't hate that. But you have to bring in someone legit. You have to, mm-hmm. um, and, and so, and so that you know that that's the thing for me is like, and you said it perfectly. Like especially without McCordy now, you have to have someone um, that you know is an elite player. And I don't think Jones can play safety because he's not a good enough tackler. He's he's an okay yeah, tackler, but he's not a good enough tackler. And so like you know I wouldn't mind bringing him back, but the price is gonna have to be right because I'm not overpaying for him. When I really need a number one corner, and can Jack Jones become that guy? I don't know. Maybe we saw some flashes from him, but he's got off-field issues. He had a problem with the team, so he got suspended during his rehab. He couldn't stay healthy all year long. So, like, now you start to wonder, like, you know, is Jack Jones really that guy? I don't know if he is. And so, you know, that's a big question mark. I wouldn't feel comfortable going into this year and running it back with, you know, Jaywin Mills, uh, John Jones and Jack Jones. I don't. I don't think anyone would be comfortable with that. No, and it's. I think you could put. You can have a good team with that secondary. I don't think you can have a great team with that secondary, right. and that's what we're going for here. Yep. And um, I like Jonathan Jones a lot. I will note too. This is back to back years. They go up to Buffalo, and Jalen Mills can't play in the game. I think he had COVID last year, if I'm remembering correctly. And now yes. this year, he's got that nagging groin injury. I, he didn't play after the Vikings game, if I'm remembering correctly. Right. Um, so he may be, this may be it for him in a New England uniform, although he's under contract for, I think, the next two years at a pretty reasonable rate, probably yeah. around what Jonathan Jones would get, a little bit less than what Jonathan Jones would get signed for. And Mills is a fine player. I think at the end of the day, you, my personal preference here is you keep one of Jonathan Jones or Jalen Mills, depending on price and how you feel about the players and all that, like an internal decision. 
you let Jack Jones and if, assuming they're still cool with him and Marcus Jones play and you get one other guy out there and hopefully Jalen Mills is essentially your corner four. Um, and I still, I, I still think you can kind of take or leave miles Bryant. Uh, he's going to be, he's going to be so cheap. I mean, Miles Bryant's going to be like maybe a million dollar contract. And I don't know if you're going to get a better player for him than, than him at that price point. If he's your fifth corner no. and your fifth. No, safety. no, no, no. Well, the, the issue no. today is no, the issue today no. Is- no, 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 Matt. No, no, I don't care what the price is. I don't I'm care just- if he's paying us to play. I do not want Miles Bryant on the team next year. Period. Period. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there because we all know Bill Belichick, and uh, I'm preparing people for the possibility that he no. is back. No, no, no. He sucks. He sucks. He does nothing good. Nothing. He doesn't do anything well. Nothing. Well, he usually tackles well. Apparently, not in kick returns. But well, so so that's the thing. Like it's just it's one of those things where it's like, yeah. okay, is he a good tackler? Well. Yeah, but like he can't be—he can't be expected to tackle someone in space. Okay, well, all right. Well, is he a good coverage guy? Well, no, he's not a good coverage guy. But like, I mean, he's like fine. Okay, well, then does he like does he play he's well? All, on the run? He, no, he's always—he's always, he's always well. in the right spot to not make the play. Correct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's like the exact definition of it, right? He's in the right spot and just can't do anything about it. And like it's—and even even like the pass. And I know it was a good pass to to Diggs or Gabe Davis down at the goal line. He had a shot at that ball and just missed it. Yeah. Just didn't get there in time. And you're like, man, like you're there. You're right there. Make a flipping play. And at some point you have to look at it and say, you know what? I'll bring in someone else. I'll bring someone else in to do it because he obviously can't do it. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that, you know, that to me is like, it's obvious that he can't do it. Peppers is a guy I would like to see back. He's, he's on a, yes. you know, he's on a, uh, he's on good. an expiring deal and he's not going to command a ton of money. Because he played a role, he's not, you know, he's not necessarily a start, a quote unquote, every down starter. But you know, especially with McCordy leaving, it would really be nice to have, you know, some of that veteran leadership that he brings. And he just plays so freaking hard um, that I would, you know, I, I'd like to have him on the team as, as well. Now, you know, he's on that kickoff coverage too, and and didn't exactly cover himself in glory today, but but it wasn't all yeah. bad. And, and I thought the first one, Reese kind of blamed the first one on him. I don't think the first one was on him. Um, I think it was on more on the contain guy. He was kind of maybe he came back up, maybe come up too far. I don't know. Uh, and got pinned inside, but either way, it, you know, that's, that's the thing for me. It's like, I, I would, I still like to see him out there. Um, well, and especially and if, again, if McCordy is going to be gone, right. like right. I think you'd want Duggar Phillips and peppers all in her contract because that's going to make whoever that other free safety is. Um, a lot easier. And we'll see what happens with Josh Bledsoe, who I think they like him. He hasn't done a lot here, but he's also been buried on the depth chart behind veterans, and he'll be under contract, so he'll have a chance to earn a role next year. Right. Another guy I want to mention who will have a chance to earn a role is um, uh, with Tay Hayes, who they yeah. had playing at corner today. He's under contract for next year. They signed him to a two-year deal, so right. he'll play into that. I don't. He hasn't really stuck anywhere in the league, but he's a, another body that'll play into whoever ends up being in that conversation. I see Oliver here commenting, asking about moving Mills to free safety. I think Mills to free safety is absolutely a possibility. I think Jonathan Jones there is also, if they re-sign him, neither would be my first pick, but you can do a lot worse. Correct. Yep. Correct. And, you know, and I think, so I think that, you know, the defense is, is a work in progress. 
but it's not awful. I think Barmore is a problem. He's a problem uh, for for opposing teams. I thought Uquale really played well down the stretch this year. Um, you know, he provided nice some solid. Today. He did. He made some really nice plays today, and he provided some solid pass rush on the inside. And then, you know, of course, Uche really stepped up towards the end of the year. Didn't have a sack today, but he was in the backfield doing stuff, though he wasn't amazing. He was fine today. I think Judon, again, we saw that, you know, he kind of lost lost a little bit of it this year, although he, um, you know, he had a nice play. What did he, did he, oh, he forced the uh, the interception by McCourty today. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he, he has some plays. He wasn't as dominant as he was at the beginning of the year, but he still was a pretty good player. Um, you know, yeah. and so I think I think your front seven is good. And Juwan Bentley, I think Juwan Bentley played extremely well this year. I know he's a little bit limited, so he's not like he's not you know this this all world linebacker, but he's pretty solid. And you don't need for the contract they have it at right, right. And for the contract they yeah. have it at is solid. The thing is, is that you really need they really need a second linebacker that can do the things that Mac Wilson and Raekwon Gillen can do, but can actually do them well because neither of those guys can do them well, but they're the type of player that you need. They just can't actually do what you need them to do. And I think Raekwon McMillan is a big candidate here to come back next year. Just yeah. on, on the type of deal, it's very cuttable in camp. Right. He's the type of guy who, if he if he makes the roster next year, would not shock me at all. Right. If he is in the first round of cuts, wouldn't shock me either. I think he's done a lot. I don't think he's fantastic. I think he's fine. And I think, what we've seen from the defense all year for the most part is that it's a very good defense it just like we kind of expected it lacks that one guy in the secondary who can really make plays um and that's if you're able to get that guy and keep the rest of the defense mostly intact then i think this can absolutely be a top five top three top one defense next season and if you do that you're going to have a chance and I, I would argue they – I mean, I think Kyle Duggar is a damn good player. Of course, he had three touchdowns this year. Um, and so he I would argue – I would argue that, you know, right, he takes kind of one more step up and he becomes an elite safety. He's still – he's okay in coverage. He's still not great in coverage, but he's okay in coverage. Um, the problem is when he's going against those solid tight ends, he just isn't – he isn't good enough against those solid tight ends. He does have a nice job and a nice does a nice job of kind of, uh, you know, being around the football, right? Mm-hmm. Really made a nice play um, on uh, on those things uh, on the uh, on the car interception where he you know took that back to the house, read the screen, and took that back to the house, and and you know did the same thing with Teddy Bridgewater, baited him into that throw, and picked that off and took it back for touchdown as well. And so so I think Oliver mentions too, like Duggar, Uche, and Onwenu getting signed to a long term deal. I think he's right. I mean, I think that. You know, it's one of those things that, like, you need to lock up Duggar, you need to lock up Boucher, and you need to lock up Onwenu. They are your three best young players. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and you got to hope that Ramondre plays better than he did down the stretch this year. I mean, I don't know if uh, he got— Put another ball on the ground today. Right. I don't know if he got tired or if he got hurt or what, but— Man, he was a shell of himself these last, you know, four games even. Like, it just, like, it was just something was off. And, you know, he was a great player for them when he was, you know, when he was at 100%, when he was playing as well as he was early in the year. He was unbelievable. And then these last few games, he just he just wasn't that good. And he was missing pass-blocking assignments. And he was, I mean, he even played today. He didn't even play. Damian Harris played the whole game, basically. And, of course, Ramondre played a little bit. But, like, 
Damien Harris played good for the most part. When he, played, he had he had some highlight reel runs today. It's just some of the some of the right. negatives. And I think it's the new ones. I think for some of these guys we're talking about, Duggar, Uche, Onwenu, Ramondre, all have had like elite plays for stretches of this season. I think we've all we've seen all four of those guys have some real low lights in yeah. there too. And that's kind of the issue here is can you can you take another step next year and just clean up the low lights? I think we've seen, I mean, Duggar was the one who was supposed to contain the edge on the kickoff return in Minnesota. And he got held, but he also didn't right. do anything to make the ref throw that flag. He didn't really try to fight through the block at all. And he's yeah. a little bit inconsistent. He he can be elite in coverage, but he is not elite snap to snap. He's very inconsistent right. there. That's his issue. Uche, um, I will say like that, that long touchdown, I think those the the one before the last one, the second to last touchdown that the Bills got. The dig. I know we're gonna. I I don't remember. Who, no, the the was it John Brown? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know Miles Bryant's gonna get a lot of hate for that, and he's part of that. But without seeing what the full coverage looks like on the back end, that's an improvised route. The only reason Josh Allen has any time to throw that is because Josh Uche does not contain, and Allen's able to get out of the pocket and you're playing a zone defense. And sometimes there are busts in zone coverages because if a play goes too long, sometimes there's three guys downfield and you only had two downfield zones and mm-hmm. people were looking at stuff and it happens. It's football. So you need Uche to make a better play there. I thought Uche was much better in contain this year too. I thought he had two bad, bad plays there today on when he has had some issues with, I don't know. He's, he's had a couple rough games this year and yeah. yeah. Ramon, I'll be intrigued to see if they bring Damian Harris back. I think they're going to have a dollar amount for him. He's going to offer him a contract and they're going to say, this is what we think you're worth. Go hit the free agent market. And nobody offers you more. Welcome back. The, the complicated part um, is that, uh, you know, is that that's a good question. And Oliver's asking about draft content. We will be doing a ton of draft content. Uh, We'll definitely be doing some draft streams for sure. Thank you for stopping by Oliver. Appreciate it. Um, Thanks, thanks for coming through. But but yes, we'll definitely be doing some draft stuff. We're, we're going to transition to draft pretty quickly because uh, the season's over. So, but the Damian Harris question is interesting because you know I think Kevin Harris looked good at times this year. He's a similar runner to Damian Harris. He's obviously not as good as Damian Harris is, but he's a similar player to Harris. You saw some good things out of Pierre Strong. Now I think Pierre Strong is more of that. I don't want to say James White because. He's really more of a of a running back. I don't think he's he's nearly as dynamic in the passing game as James White was, but you know he's more of that kind of change of pace back like Damian, like uh, James White was. So you know maybe you see that from Pierre Strong, but I, I, it is a good question. I just don't know. They're certainly not going to extend for him because you have two good players behind him. There's no reason to pay him yeah. an exorbitant amount of money. You know what I mean? And especially with no. with Ramondre. Uh, in, in front seeming to take that bell cow role. But again, if you feel like you can't trust Ramondre Stevenson to be that guy, maybe you do spend extra money on Damian Harris, you know? And I, I look at some of the inconsistencies you've seen with Ramondre there, and they mirror the communication issues we've seen with the rest of the offense. So I have to think we're going to see at least two new coordinators on this team next year. One of those on offense and maybe just better coaching helps another year in the system helps as a guy who is a really good pass protector when he's in the right place and another year with more work and he can work on some of the fumbles and he can be an explosive back. You don't need Harris back. You welcome him back the right price point, but you don't need him. Right. And the other question I have, and and 
my dad was texting me about this as well, um, was about Marcus Jones. You know, and the question, the real question is, do you keep him on defense or do you switch him to offense and have him play offense, you know, exclusively? Or do you kind of have him keep playing both? I don't know. Right. I think you have to have him on defense just because he can be so good there. Right. Um, he's a guy who I think, uh, again, the size becomes the concern here, but he can be a safety. Uh, it's the in the NFL today. It's also a lot of like a lot of cover two stuff. So you're going to have two safeties back. Right. But you like to disguise and you like to mix it up. So having a Jalen Mills and a Marcus Jones at corner means that. If you want to throw something funky out there, you can have the two of them line up at corner, then drop back and play safety. And the two safeties are going to come up and play where the corners were playing and switch stuff. And I think right. he's really good at that. So I think you keep packages for him on offense. I think you keep that going, but you want him to develop a corner. Right. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you because, you know, if he can do both, I think you should kind of let him do both. And I don't know. I see a little bit of Tyreek in him, which is insane to say because Tyreek is ridiculous and and he's not doesn't have quite the speed that Hill has. I guess maybe it's just his size and kind of a, the, his look. Um, but you know, to me, I just I don't know. I, I don't know how you look at that and you look at him and say like, yeah. I just I just think I think overall. I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is I think overall you let him do what he's good at, and it seems like he's good at a lot of those things. So I'd I'd kind of I'd kind of let him keep playing both. And Dark Blue Gold says too, it's truly in his career to commit one way or the other. And I agree. Like, let him play both. And then if he really starts to struggle on defense and is killing it on offense, maybe you say, all right, screw it. We'll just switch him to offense exclusively. Or the other way around, if, you know, if he's not great on offense, then you leave him on defense. Or if he can't handle both, which it seems like he's going to be able to if he can handle it as a rookie, um, mm -hmm. you know, then, then you got to try to scale back. So uh, we'll see. But I, I, you know, it's a good yeah. question about Jones. I have a I have a question for you and then a couple updates here. What number Sorry. does Brian Hoyer wear? Five, I think. Okay, that's what I thought. Because this offseason now presents a really nice opportunity for Marcus Jones to slide into a single digit number, which I think mm. I think he, I think a number five Marcus Jones could look nice. That would I be could, cool. Yeah. That would be cool. I would be upset because I own your a twenty five Marcus Jones jersey. <laughs> Although I wonder if they probably wouldn't. So they used to, they do a jersey exchange if a guy changes his number or does something else. But because I custom ordered this one, I don't know if they would do that for me. Probably not. And then, right? Well, then, then you have something cool there. Then you got something that's a little bit different. Uh, like I like you guess. got the 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 special yeah, rookie year the original the original Marcus yeah. Jones. Yeah. yeah, a couple. So a couple updates here. One, uh, I had I was wondering if David Andrews might consider retirement. He said right after in his press conference, he basically let off by saying, "I'm working for next season," so he'll be back. Yeah. Uh, McCordy said he's still weighing his options. He said he has right. a lot to think about. I think this is basically what he said last year too. So I would not rule out McCordy coming back. Um, and I don't think he would be super expensive anyway. Yeah, I so I, I don't think, I don't think we can assume he retires. I think it's more likely than not he does, but I think it's close enough to 50, 50 that we just kind of go in and see what happens Slater. It sounds a lot more like he's done uh, just from the tone of his press conference from what I can see. And Jacoby Myers just got asked if he'd like to be back in New England next season. And his answer was definitely. Uh, All right. And I, I, I think you got to bring him back. He, you have to. You, you just have to. He made a, that catch in the back of the end zone was a ridiculous catch. And he seems to have, do, he seems to do that 
every few weeks where he'll just have an insane catch like that. And you just kind of like stand there and shake your head and you're like, how the heck does this guy keep doing it? And he's not the traditional player. He's not a Julian Edelman. He's not a, you know, Devonte Parker. He's not a Stefan Diggs, not someone like that, but man, he's good. He's good. He's a gamer. He's a baller. He goes out there and plays his butt off. And I just feel like, I just feel like you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta bring him back. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and so we'll see, but I, I, I'd be very upset if they didn't bring him back. Now mm-hmm. I, we got to get to, we got to get to the two biggest stories in my opinion, because this is where the, the Patriots fans, we, this is where we start to sound stupid. This is where we start to sound dumb. <laughs> we start to sound stupid. Okay. Because we start to talk about Bill Belichick and how Bill sucks and how Bill doesn't get it done and how Bill isn't the guy and how, and so on and so on and so on. And you, and I, I just, I, I genuinely don't understand what people are watching. I genuinely don't understand this team. You know, I, I, I just don't, I I'm like almost at a loss for words. Cause I can't imagine feeling that, you know, Belichick has lost it or that he's a terrible GM or that he's a terrible head coach. Or I just, and listen, if you want to blame him for putting Matty P in it as offensive coordinator, I got no problem with that. That's a bad decision by him. It was, it was a bad decision by him. I think he thought he could do it and he obviously couldn't. Um, and so he's going to rectify that this year. He's going to, I think there's no doubt that he's going to, he's basically said that, um, you know, already. But then the other one is that like, it's Bill freaking Belichick. Like, he gives them an opportunity and a chance to win every single game. And you can argue and say, well, no, no, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, he's, and so, he's good at this. I mean, right. let's, and let's look at that. We we all talked after the playoff game last year about how bad the defense was against Buffalo. Look at the two games this year. Defense was much better against Buffalo than it was right. in either of the games in regular weather conditions last year. I think they yep. adjusted incredibly well to right. Josh Allen. And Josh Allen is just really good. The answer there is you need better players, not better coaching. Correct. Uh, and if I, if I told you before the season, if I told you back in August that Mac Jones is going to miss, what, was it three and a half weeks essentially there? Yeah. Um, and you're going to be down to offensive tackle six or whatever McDermott is. Right. And – you're going to have basically all of your receivers miss time with injury at different points. Um, and you're, Kyle Duggar is going to miss time. Barmore is going to miss a huge stretch of the season. Jalen Mills is going to basically miss the whole back half of the season. If I told you all of that and said this team still ends up within one game, if we're being realistic, one play in Las Vegas away from right. being in the playoffs, I think we'd all say, all right, well, that's still that's pretty impressive. So it stinks to watch, but part of this hurts to watch so much because we've seen like a, a lot of games here where the team really should have had a chance to win and it gets close and then it doesn't make the play. And that's right. on coaching, but I don't think that's on Bill Belichick head coaching. I think that's on the people he hired, which is still his responsibility, but it's correct. It, what maybe the first bad hire of his entire coaching tenure. Right. Well, and I, and I wonder, you know, you look at it and you say, we were talking about it before the show, green Bay, Minnesota, Vegas, Today, and there was one other one. The uh, Baltimore, Baltimore. Though that's I think, five I think you could games. throw the you could throw the Chicago game in there as it wasn't close, but that, yeah, Chicago, that should have been yeah. a, should have been a very winnable game. I thought um, that that was I, I thought that that was more. 
I thought that was about not playing. I wouldn't have played Mac in that game, and I was pissed about that yeah. one. But but for me, you know, I, I looked at it and said, all right, those five games. Well, say one of those goes your way. You're in the playoffs. If two of those go your way, you know, you're finishing this season 10 and six or 10 and seven. And, and you're, you know, are maybe five with the chargers and the Ravens. Right. There. Right. And so that, that's the stuff where it's like, you know, that's if two of those games go your way, just two. And so, you know, it wasn't always perfect, but the coaching is set up and you say, okay, well, you know, yeah, but like we used to make those plays and it was all pretty well. I, I mean, like, yeah, the players were better. You're telling me that Edelman, Gronk, and Brady aren't better than any players that are on this team right now. You're telling me that guys like, you know, guys like Rodney Harrison and guys like Darrell Revis and, you know, guys like Vince Wilfork and guys like Donta Hightower, you're telling me those guys weren't difference makers, that they didn't change the game, that they didn't win. Like, they won games for the Patriots. Like, of course they did. Those guys were amazing for the Patriots. And so, yes, it has stuff to do with the coaching, for sure. It also has to do with the players as well because the, the talent of the players aren't as good. And you say, well, that's on Belichick too because you that Yeah, okay, fine. Yes, blame Belichick. Sure, blame him for everything. But the fact is, is that the, the coaching, the, the players aren't as good. And yes, the coaches maybe aren't as good either. But the fact is, is that like, we're still doing this. We're still there. The fact is they still have those games, those five or six games. They were in those games with an opportunity to win and they, and they couldn't do it. Right. Yeah. And that's, I think you should rightfully criticize Bill Belichick for some of the drafting, especially late in Tom Brady's time in New England. Right. You should also give him the praise for what I think has been a couple of really good drafts in a row. Now, a lot of this is going to be I think, determined by what we see in year three for Mac Jones and for Christian Barmore. That is going to right. entirely determine how that draft looks. Uh, Cause I think Mac can be a franchise guy. I think, I think when he was protected this year and the offense actually had any kind of a rhythm, he looked about as good as the player we saw last year, which I think is still a little bit disappointing to not see improvement, but Hey, I assume we're going to see a different offensive coordinator and some changes to the offensive personnel next year. Let's see what the offseason looks like. He's going to get year three, and this is going to determine if he's the guy or not, really. Right. Uh, and it's, I think what we also saw today is that like this receiving core is uh, without Aguilar. <laughs> the other four, who I thought, they've, I thought they managed the snaps at receiver really well today. By the way, everybody was getting looks. I agree. That, that's a receiving core that's good enough to compete with some of the best teams. Maybe not good enough to win, but good enough to compete, which tells me, well, you're a body away in that receiving group, in that skull group, whether that's at receiver or tight end. And I will say, I actually think a tight end helps a ton. Uh, I'm totally in the camp of just eating the money on John New and getting rid of him yeah. and not having him on the team next year. No point. And no point in having Hunter Henry, I could take or leave. You don't. You free up some space, not a massive amount by getting rid of him. I think he's probably worth – I, I could take or leave Hunter Henry, but where they're going to pick in the draft, they're going to have a shot to pick a tight end. Uh, and potentially a good one, and maybe their best shot at tight end since drafting Gronk and Hernandez. Like it's these are guys who are better prospects than Asiasi and Dalton Keene ever were. If you, if you nail a pick there and you get a tight end who can have any impact in his his first year, then right. I think the the way this offense looks changes pretty dramatically. Well, you're not wrong, but I think that that's that's a second or third round pick at the highest because. You have to spend that. No, you have to spend that first round pick on on an offensive lineman. You just have to, unless you go out and spend big on an offensive lineman. But I don't think there's anyone out there. 
I mean, it's, I would generally agree with you, except for the fact that, I mean, you can bring Connor McDermott and Trent Brown back next year, and these guys aren't good. But the offensive line we saw today, it wasn't great, but that was probably still an above above average offensive line performance. You could bring back the, all five that played today and probably spend, I don't know, your second and third round picks on offensive tackles, and hopefully one of them turns out to be good. Uh, if there's a tight end you like in that first round, that you think can be a difference maker, I think you take him. Uh, I think you'd also, I don't think Atlanta would have removed him, but I think you have to call the Falcons and ask what's going on with Kyle Pitts with yeah. his usage this year. I don't, yeah. again, I don't think they move him, but if they say, yeah, we don't like his development, we'll get, we'll send him to New England for a second. I think you, you do oh, that. Yeah, and absolutely. Uh, yeah. Like it's, yeah. So um, we'll see, we'll see what the off season looks like. There's, there's always weird things that happen. And I think, if coaching fixes a lot of the consistency issues we saw with this team, you can get the team you saw against Baltimore, against Minnesota, against Buffalo in this one for a full season. And if coaching can kind of give you that game and game out consistency, then you're, I don't know, a player on offense and a player defense away from being a top five team in the AFC if things go your way. Right. Well, they were also close with Cincinnati too. I had forgotten about Cincy as well. So that was a close game too. So you just – you know, and again, you're not going to win all those games, but even if you win two, right? Even you win two of those games. And I you think, win, I do think you, you win know, one year in the playoffs. <laughs> correct. Right. Right. And that's really what it comes down to. Right. So, and again, is it, you know, is it coaching as a players? We don't know. Right. But I think it is, it is a good, it is a good conversation. I will say, I do believe that the Patriots should not, um, I, I can't at 14 or 15, well, so there is, so just, just so we can talk about the, uh, the draft pick here. Um, someone tweeted this out. Washington, Detroit win today. Patriots get the 14th pick. Washington and De- Washington wins and Detroit loses. They get the 15th pick. And if Washington and Detroit both lose, they get um, the 16th pick. So who does Washington play? Washington's the playing Cowboys? the Cowboys right now, but I don't know if the Cowboys are playing their starters. Washington was up seven, nothing on the Cowboys. Still are up seven nothing on the Cowboys. I don't they got know. Sam Howell playing, right? They do have Sam Howell playing. Oh, and Dak's playing. So I guess they're playing all their all their guys. I guess we'll technically see. they can still get up to that seed, but but you never know. If Washington can somehow pull it out. Yeah, right. that's sixteen pick is fine. I mean, that's you're right in the neighborhood where they got Mac, which I don't right. think you're I don't I assume you're not looking for a quarterback here. I, I don't think I think we kind of are where we were the start of the year, which is we're not convinced Mac's the guy. We're not convinced he isn't the guy. I want to see more. So right. I don't think you're looking for a quarterback now. I think you're looking for help. Well, I think the I think biggest issue. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I think you also have to consider just who is available for your first round pick in the trade market too. Obviously you want to get um, like uh, a guy under contract, just a rookie with all the control and all that. But at the same time, this defense is good right now, especially if McCourty comes back and you sign a corner and uh, you get a Jamel Dean or whatever, and you, you, think this defense can be a top three unit again next year and you fix up the special teams to get the right coordinators. This team can win right now if you get a guy. And if you think there's, you can trade a first for a guy who can have a similar impact to what Stephon Diggs or Tyree Kill has done, you have to at least consider it. I don't know if that's, that is going to be out there, but if, if you think it is, you have to think about it. I agree. I agree with you. And and we'll see if that happens or not. But the other, the other guy I want to talk about is Mac Jones, because I think Mac is getting, and you, I think, I think the way you said it was perfect. That I don't know if he's the guy. I genuinely don't. 
I thought at the end of the year last year, I was like, all right, seems like he's the guy. Let's see what happens this year. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I feel about Mac Jones. Now, look, I thought he played exceptionally well today for the most part. Not every throw was perfect. Not everything was great. Of course, Josh Allen had some bad plays today, too, and Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the NFL. So, like, he had some bad plays today. Patrick Mahomes has some bad plays every game. Like, he's going to have some bad throws. He's going to. Sorry, people. Like, that's just going to happen because he's an NFL quarterback. But I think overall he played well today. I think that the first interception on Aguilar now, you know, he probably could have made, probably should have made a better decision, but he's trusting that Aguilar is going to beat white, which he didn't. And then he gave up on the play too, because white had positioning on him. Oh, and it's, it's not even trusting that he's going to, he's going to win or whatever. It's trusting that he's going to have a shot at it. And Aguilar right. was so just so badly beaten on that, that he didn't yeah. have a shot. Um, right. And so you just say like, okay, fine. All right. Should have done better on that one. But the Hunter Henry one, and and certainly the Damien Harris one, I mean, the throw ends up behind Harris because Jones gets hit as he's throwing, right? I mean, like, you're going to blame that on him? And then what? He tips it up, like, 10 feet up into the air and it gets picked off? Like, that's on Mac Jones? Like, come on. You know, and the Hunter Henry one is he's trying to make a play. Tony Rome was talking about checking it down. What the hell's picking up six yards on third and 19 going to do? Now it's fourth and 13. You're still in the red zone. You're still close to the goal line. What the hell good is that? It doesn't would yeah. you be, be in the same position. So he's trying to make a play and Henry tips it gets picked off in the end zone. It's just like those things happen. And by the way, Josh Allen had a play earlier in the game where it would have been a pick six. It would have been a pick six. And Dawson Ox leaped up into the air, ripped the ball down with one hand, and came down with it instead of tipping it up the air for the Patriots to return back for touchdown or it was missing a ridiculous it completely. Catch. It was yeah. a great catch. And so sometimes you just need your guys to make a play. And, and that's where you need far too players. often, the Patriots haven't done that. Yeah. Um, and it's like, uh, you look at all three Mac picks, I think he bears at least some share of the responsibility for yeah. all three. Yeah. I would not say the majority of the responsibility for any of the three. I think the first one, like you said, it could have been a better throw and could have been a better decision. But, I mean, that's the second time this year where he's basically thrown that same thing and it's been a pick. One to Parker on the first drive of the right. season and then this one where – you just expect the receiver to make a better play on the ball. That's a right. pick maybe 5% of the time. Uh, and it's really only a pick when the receiver messes up. If that's an incompletion, yeah, that's on like that's that should be an incompletion in all likelihood. And you can blame Mac for that if you want. But a pick, I don't think it's fair to say that's all on Mac. The one over the middle, I think you'd like to see Mac make a better throw to Hunter Henry. I think he missed him by a little bit. Right. But you're not, again, you're not going to make every throw. I think he made some nice throws in this game. It's a little bit unlucky that's a pick, and he could have made a better throw to Harris. But again, Harris decides to, I don't know, pretend like it's a balloon about to hit the floor, and he's playing with his cousins in the living room trying to keep a balloon up and throws it to the Bills. So you put it all, it's like that's, uh, the interceptions don't reflect how he played. I think the other thing, um, there was the the one good special teams play where you force the, the Bills to touch the ball and recover it. Right. That doesn't happen. They never get to that situation of Parker doesn't let a ball go off his head. Like, right. Can we talk about that, that play? That You've got Josh, Josh Allen is slinging it, and Mac Jones responds with a dot down the field, like a perfect deep throw to Parker, and he he can't haul it in. And right. you got to make that catch. And that's Clay again, one of those, if, if Parker and Myers and Thornton are all kind of your collective wide receiver two, and Bourne's your spark plug off the bench, and you got a better wide receiver one out there. Um, you feel better about this, but Parker's right. guy who's got to make that play right now. And that's, that's why I said this receiving core is good enough to compete, but not win because Parker didn't make that catch. 
and you saw Diggs and John Brown and guys like that, they did make that play. Um, right. And I don't think, I also don't think that's a shock looking at the history of their careers. That is who they are. So, yeah, that's true. And that's, and I think that that's kind of what it all comes back to is that you got to have better players around him. And I think the big thing, the big thing with me and Mac is that again, you just don't know. You went into this season not knowing if he was the guy, but hoping he'd take a step. Then he didn't take a step up this year, but I thought he played much better down the stretch. Now, of course, he um, I'm sorry. You're right, Mac and me. You're right. It is that's a that's a hell of a poll right there. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that movie, but uh isn't that the one that Paul Rudd would always yes. bring up when he was yes, on it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, with the with the kid in the wheelchair falling <laughs> off the cliff and the yeah, yeah. Yep. Um but, you know, but anyways, but it's one of those things where I look at it and just say, yeah, we don't know. We don't know yet. Right. We're not sure about him. Now I now I'm less sure than I was at the beginning of last at the end of last year because you didn't know what you saw was was the was the responsibility of him. You know, uh, is the is the real Mac Jones what we saw in the middle of the year where he was struggling or the beginning and middle of the year where he was struggling or is the real Mac Jones at the end of the year when we saw some good things from him? what do you have? He had 11, 11 touchdowns and four interceptions at the end of the year and the last, what, eight, nine games or whatever after he came back after the uh, after the Bears game. He had 11 touchdowns and four interceptions. And again, we talked about the three today. Like, it just, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. And so I think we have to give him another year with an actual offensive coaching staff. I mean, look at how many, how many times they run play action today. They may have run play action today more than they've run play action all season long combined. And they just yeah. refuse to run play action. And Mac's really good at running play action. And they just refuse to do it. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait, you mean play action's like good? Oh, we should do that more often. That's, oh, yeah, and, right. We were we freaking doing it all year last year. And we did stop doing it this year. And you know what allowed them to do it, too, is the guys executed. Part of play action, right. you have to get yourself into a position where the defense is ever going to buy that you're running the ball. And that comes from both being able to run a little bit, although run doesn't always set up play action. The other part right. is you move the ball. You get to the middle of the field. You pick up first downs. Uh, it just creates more opportunities. It creates faith from the the offensive coaches in the line to be able to block for stuff like that. They blocked all of that stuff really well today. The line, the exception of a couple of plays and maybe the first series, I thought the line was very, very good today. Um, I, will also, I will also know I, when you have two kickoff returns go against you, you kind of lose the ability to complain about the officiating but i will note there were two different possessions there where the patriots got into first and longs one of them was on a questionable or a, a really long distances one of them was on the questionable offensive pass interference which i actually didn't mind the call but tony romo was incensed by yeah um, and the complete whiff of the offsides penalty early in the game which would have been what first and five instead of second and 16 Right on a series like that, with how the offense was looking, I feel like I would feel pretty good about them getting yards in a situation right. like that, right. and maybe points. And well, and that and you know like, that that OPI, I'm sorry to cut you off. That OPI, no. you know, sets up that Hunter Henry interception where it's like you know, it just and a born, a born drop also set that up. I think is important True. to know. Well, even but even he catches that. He picks up, and, and what's funny is that you know Rome was talking about in the next play how how to check down. He already tried to check down, right? That's a that's probably a five, six, maybe seven yard gain. And now you're looking at third and twelve instead of third and nineteen, and it's like, well, that that makes a big difference. But again, if Henry doesn't get called for that penalty, 
it's second and two or second and three or whatever it was, you know? So like those things make a difference. You know, when you miss some of those calls, I was surprised that they didn't get the call on the Damien Harris pass, which I know was underthrown, but I'm fairly certain. And I have to look at it again, but I'm fairly certain that Devontae Parker ran to the corner of the end zone, the back corner of the end zone. And so you couldn't put it over his shoulder because Devontae Parker standing there with the defender. So you have to throw it underneath and either hope a Harris goes and gets it or B you get the, you get the call and you should have gotten the call there. Uh, and, and he didn't, you know? Yeah. And I, I will also say, um, I, I do want to be fair here in that the interception that they got before the half, I thought they got very lucky and not get a roughing the passer penalty against them with Judon coming in incredibly low on Josh Allen. He was um, blocked. He was blocked and was falling. So that's the yeah, only that's the only thing against it. But and, it's, and at the end of the day, but I could see them calling. I could the, definitely see them yeah, calling. At the end of the day, most of these calls are 50-50, except yeah. for the offsides. That the offsides was particularly egregious, and I yeah. wouldn't really have problems with any of the other stuff for the most part. It's again, if you give up two kick returns for a touchdown, you deserve to lose that game. Um, Correct. As a, as a Michigan fan, also, I'm sitting here with Michigan's last game being one where you throw two pick sixes and that ends up being the difference. And this is one where you, you give up two kick return touchdowns and that ends up being the difference. And I'm a little bit traumatized. But <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's just, it's frustrating. And it's it's a hard way to end the season because you felt like, I mean, it, it was something crazy. You felt like, okay, there's no, they have no shot today. My thought, my thought process going in, I was telling people all week, they're going to lose by 40. Like they just... You know, with Hamlin being okay and them being back in it and them feeling like, hey, you know, we really have a shot here, you know, to it's hard, right? To to now lose this game and you're like, man, like or to come out and play the way they played. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. And 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 you have that opportunity where you look at it and say, All right, I thought the Bills were gonna kill us. But really, it's because you give up two kick return touchdowns. I mean, if you tell me you lose the Bills because you gave up that's the difference in the game is giving up two kick return touchdowns and then kicking one out of bounds is the difference in the game. I think the Patriots offense outplayed the Bills offense today, which is insane they, to think They about. outscored them. It's 23-21 with just offense and defense out there. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Um, they, they played the game and it's... If your perspective on this is you want to have optimism for next season, but also a third place schedule and a higher draft pick then today was about the best possible outcome for you. Yep. And I totally, I totally get that. Like the only way, the only way it could have been better is if, is if the Jaguars had lost last night uh, and then you would have, you would have dropped one spot further down beyond that. This is the best possible outcome you could have had today. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. It's, we, we have a sliver of optimism here. It's funny. We made the playoffs last year. And we didn't this year, but both seasons ended in Buffalo. And when it comes to immediate feelings after the game, I feel a lot better right now than I did, especially knowing like I feel I have no actual information on this. But I feel very strongly that Bill O'Brien will be the offensive coordinator next year. Yeah. Uh, would not be surprised to see him be OC and quarterbacks coach at the same time, which I think would be good for Mac. I'll right. also note like there's um, Alabama's, I think it's their wide receiver coach and assistant head coach or assistant OC or whatever, who's been there for a little bit, who was there when Mac was there and helped develop some of those guys. He's the type of guy who I could also see coming along and all right, well now Troy Brown can go over to be a special teams coach and Joe judge will go with him and they can replace. And Bill O'Brien comes in he brings a guy from Alabama who can coach the receivers. And he already 
that guy already has familiarity with Mac and right. yep. all of a sudden that alone, you put Matt Patricia up in the booth, you really haven't made a lot of changes. And I feel a lot better about the coaching staff. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I just think moving on from Acord and Maddie P as offensive coordinator is a massive upgrade. And if you can upgrade it to someone like Bill O'Brien and listen, Bill O'Brien gets a lot of hate from a lot of people. He wasn't very good in Houston and, and really a lot of it was his personality and, and kind of the way he handled things down there. But let's not forget that he made the playoffs with like the worst quarterbacks ever. So like, you know, he figured out a way to coach those guys up and have them play pretty well. And so, you know, I mean, he was I, a good I, coach, you know, just not a good GM. Correct. Right. And he wasn't and he, more than a good coach. He wasn't a great coach, but he was a good coach. Correct. And I think, you know, some coaches can be good offensive coordinators and they can't be good head coaches. And maybe he's one of those guys that he's not a good head coach, but he's a good offensive coordinator. And, no. you know, and I think if you, if you have that, then you feel a lot better about it. And then again, now you look at it and say, okay, now we know we have to make a decision about Mac Jones next mm -hmm. off season. We're going to give him a year with Billy O. And if that wide receiver coach comes over and, you know, and he has some familiarity with him, you look at it and say, okay, that's interesting. Now we give ourselves an opportunity where we can look at it and say, this is squarely on Mac Jones. We know the coaching is set up. Okay. We try to put some better players around him. We feel better about this. Great. Mm -hmm. Now what can Mac do? And if Mac plays similar to what he did this year, then you don't pick up the fifth option and you, and you move on, move on. you know, and, and yeah. is he ever going to like, is he ever going to be Josh Allen? No, he's never going to be Josh Allen. He's never going to be Deshaun Watson. He's never going to be, you know, Patrick Mahomes. He's never going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's never going to be any of those guys. And we know that, you know, that right now, but that doesn't mean he can't be a good player. He can and, be and a so, Joe Burrow. Right. Right. And that's the funny thing is that, you know, he has similar, he has a lot similar things to Joe Burrow has. He has, yeah. he has similar, um, you know, arm strength. I think Burrow's arm is a little bit stronger than his is, but he has similar arm strength to Joe Burrow. He has similar uh, movement skills to Joe Burrow, right? Like, so he has some of those things. Burrow has significantly better coaching on the offensive side of the football and significantly better talent on the offensive side of the football as well. And so yeah. that, those things make a huge difference, right? And so if you can give Max some more weapons, listen, I mean, if you're drafting in the top 15, Maybe, you know, JSN is available right there, right? Jackson Smith yeah. and Nigba. And and you draft that guy, right? And so now you look I, at it and say, shoot, we got some real talent there, you know? I will say I did watch, I have only started just barely started to look at draft film. I was actually not a big JSN fan watching his tape, although I know he was injured this year. I only watched this year. I have to go back. I think yeah. my issue with him, if we're talking specifics, is that he would be too much overlap with Myers and we end up with just another wide receiver too. And I don't know how much that helps. Right. Um, just a couple notes here. One that that name of that coach was Holman Wiggins at Alabama. That I'm just throwing a name out there. No idea if he would come. No, no right. idea if this is being discussed. But yeah, just yeah, something yeah. I throw out there. Um, I, like I just it. another note today. I I did think the offensive coaching staff did mostly a good job today. Yeah. I really liked the QB draw that they called. Mac is athletic enough to do that. He's not like this. Isn't early career Tom Brady when it comes to athleticism. He is right. faster than that. He can run the ball. He can scramble. He can at least try to do stuff out of schedule. And I liked that they tried something different there. And I thought and he picked I think up a couple yards. He got down to like the one of the two and they set up, up like four yards, right? Yeah. And that's just if he can do that, he doesn't have to be great. But if he can do that, if threaten it in the red zone, it helps right. you. And uh, right. they emptied. Uh, 
this offense clearly can be good when everybody's on the same page. The talent's there to be good. And if the defense can be great and the special teams can be like average NFL special teams, this is a playoff team. They just made too many mistakes this year and injuries piled up and bad coaching and bad details. And it's really astonishing how kind of bad this team was in so many respects and how close it came to get into the playoffs. They should like you should yeah. to an extent it's you should feel bad about some of the decisions made coming into the season, but feel good about the fact that they came so close despite having that many issues. Right, right, and it's the complete opposite of what you normally see. Right, you normally mm-hmm. sit there and say, "Man, these other teams are so stupid, and the Patriots are so smart." And it was just the opposite. It was just the opposite with the Patriots' bad situational football. You know, big mistakes and in, in huge moments, and it just it happened over and over and over again. And listen, you know, a lot of that's on the players. You have to give some of that to the players. But the fact is, is that, you know, you're, you're, you have to have better coaching, right? And someone was saying that, you know, Bill Belichick has an old quote about whether, you know, either you're coaching it or you're allowing it. And, you know, so yeah, maybe you're not coaching them up. Maybe you want them to do better. But the fact is, if they're not, that's on you for not having mm-hmm. them do better, right? And so that's, that's some of that stuff where you can kind of look at it and say, like, all right, we got some issues here. So we'll see. We'll see. There's a long off season to go. Um, obviously, the rest of the NFL season is still going. Um, we're going to stay with you probably, I would think. I, we're definitely going to have a show this week, and I would think we'll kind of continue going. Mm-hmm. We're going to have some fun this off season, though. We're going to do some weird yeah. things. We're going to co- we're going to kind of go outside the box a little bit. We're going to talk about some scheduling stuff. We're gonna we're gonna be all over the place, and so it's going to be fun. We're gonna we're gonna kind of try to have some fun with it. Of course, we'll do a bunch of draft stuff. Um, I'm not sure. If, you know, any of the draft specials will be back, although they might, uh, we will not do a naked podcast. I promise. Don't worry, Dr. Uh, so, <laughs> so, but, um, but you know, it's, it'll be interesting. It, it'll be fun. And I think, I think we can have some fun with it and we can talk about it. And, and again, we're going to, we gotta, we're going to get into the draft. Um, now listen, here, the real question is the real question everyone should be asking is who is my guy of this year's draft going to be? Because here's the thing, okay? In 2020, I had two guys in the draft. Two guys, Kayvon Wallace, who I don't know if he's doing anything in, in Philadelphia, but I had Kayvon Wallace and I had uh, and I had Jalen Hurts. Those are my two guys that I loved. Jalen Hurts, pretty good. Not too, not too bad. He's worked out okay. My guy in the 2021 draft was uh, Nick Bolton, who I freaking love Nick Bolton so much, and he's, he's been a fantastic good. middle linebacker for the Chiefs. And, you know, it, it was a Pro Bowl this year. And my guy in the 2022 draft was Marcus Jones. So the question is, who's going to be my guy this year? Uh, and will the Patriots draft him again? Or will he turn out to be uh, a stud like the uh, like the last three guys that I've had? So Kayvon Wallace, maybe not so much. Not so much on Kayvon Wallace. But the other three, I, I will, I'll take the dub on those ones um, and kind of go for I mean, obviously, when I say my guy, I mean, like, yeah, like Trevor Lawrence was everyone's guy. We, we all know this, right? But like, you know, I mean, like a guy outside the first round, uh, or maybe hovering around that that first guy. And my guy, Dark Blue Gold, you're so right. You're so true. Trey Nixon is my guy for now until forever. Though I can't take any credit for him during the draft process. It was only after he was drafted uh, that Trey Nixon became my guy. So, so I can't <laughs> yeah. take credit for any of the prospecting on, on Trey Nixon. Yeah. We'll see uh, what do you call? We'll see what happens with Trey Nixon right. next year. We'll uh, yeah. we'll see if he's even on the camp roster. Hopefully, he can do something. I, I have oh, some okay. optimism there. Yeah, um, yeah. I was. I just want another note here because I wasn't able to come on the show during the week. 
to yeah. talk about like the Demar Hamlin situation and stuff too. Right, um, right. That was as somebody. I mean, he's my age. Like we are the same age, and scary. watching that is very scary. Very. I've been following all week. I'm so happy to see that he's doing better. And it was nice after how scary a night Monday night was. Be able to just sit back and watch football yesterday and today and enjoy it. And especially now that he's doing better, you don't feel you don't feel bad about it. And there's nothing hanging over your head. And um, I don't. Obviously, the Bills are our rival, but it was nice to play today as a football rivalry where it was two teams just playing football against each other and getting to have fun doing it. And right. um, I have. I mean, it's. I'm happy for the city of Buffalo that they kind of got their moment. And I mean, those, those fans have had, have been through a lot this year. I got nothing yeah. against them as people here, only as sports fans. So I'm glad that they get that moment and they got the storybook with the kick return right off the bat. Um, so it's a, it's a cool moment for them. And I agree. I uh, made me, the fact that they got that moment too, made me feel a little bit better about trying to beat them too. They got their moment. All right, now let's go play right. football. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and it's funny. I, I feel like, you know, had the Patriots and I felt like this all week, like I felt like the Patriots were going to lose, but if there was one team to win when, when the literally the entire country was rooting for the bills, like the entire country outside of new England is rooting for the bills. And for the Patriots with Belichick to go in there and win just would have been hilarious because everyone would be like, screw the Patriots. What the hell? You know what I mean? Like, and so, um, it would that would have been that would have been awfully funny. Now, obviously, it didn't happen, but uh, but that would have been awfully funny. And they almost pulled it off. They almost pulled it and off. And you know, there was there was that that point in the game before the the first pick that Mac threw when you're driving to start the second half, and after you got the pick, where it felt like they can do this. And that was that was the same feeling they had after I had after the touchdown in the Minnesota game to go ahead before the kick return touchdown. Like it was it right. was the same thing in both games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I, if there's one thing also from this team, like I, we talk about all the, the what ifs and the so closes. And at the end, that's who this team was. You are what your record says you are. How many games did we see where this team had a chance to make a play to win and didn't do it? And we can also talk about the offense in the Baltimore game. But the other thing with the Baltimore game was they had a chance to, to get a stop late and could not do it. Right. Uh, they had a chance to get a stop late against the Bills, could not do it. Um, they had a chance to get a stop against the Raiders and with a little help from the officials could not do it. And that's, that's, it's a team game. You got, everybody's right. got to come together to win these. And again, like you, you are what your play dictates. You are every, they had so many chances to make the plays and really just never made them. And the lesson you get from that, from that end of things is you need to get playmakers somehow. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And they have some, they have some, just not enough, yeah. right? Just it's, not enough. Don't and don't let anybody fool you into thinking that the Patriots are a bad team right now because they're not. They aren't a good team, but they aren't a bad team either. They are somewhere in the middle. I think we saw it today. Like it's most teams aren't going to be able to go up to Buffalo in that environment and play with the Bills. Um, and I think the coaching was excellent today, and preparation was excellent, and you let a couple of players get away from you when that's the ball game. But I, and I feel I feel better about this right now than I did after the Patriots lost to the Ravens in 09 in the playoffs, which is right. kind of crazy, oh, yeah. except, except for the quarterback position. Obviously you have Tom Brady that changes things, but it's what well, you didn't get really killed or anything out there. You played a good game. You were respectable. And for the most part, this team didn't have apart from that one game against the Raiders, they didn't have moments that were like truly, truly embarrassing and awful. And 
they played good football. They probably they probably averaged playing about thirty minutes of good football a game this year. Right, that's true, and that's that's some of the stuff for me where I you know I just don't know. I I don't know. You know, I don't know how how you look at this. By the way, Washington's currently winning thirteen to nothing over the Cowboys, which I don't know Go how it's possible. Um, but pick six. That's how. Of course, PAT was no good, but yeah. uh, but nevertheless, hey, thirteen nothing. I mean, I'm cool with it. So, yeah. um, yeah. anyways, it just you know that's what makes it frustrating, to be honest. And it is against the Dallas starters. You're right, Dark Blue Gold. Like they're so trying funny. to win this game and losing thirteen nothing. Because Dallas to, has a chance at the one seed. If Dallas wins and somehow the Giants backups beat the Eagles, then Dallas gets the one seed. I'm pretty sure. Right. You're right. You're right. Philadelphia is up already up thirteen nothing um, in the red zone, so it doesn't really matter to them, but. Nevertheless, like Dallas is heading to Tampa and that's Tampa beat them already this year, man. I, that's the one of the, so Tampa finishes eight and nine this year. They didn't play. Uh, did Brady even play today? I don't know if Brady played. Uh, he, he, did, played he did play today. I mean, he threw 80, he had 84 yards passing. So and playing Gabbert played. Yeah. Like they didn't really care. They didn't start any of their, most of their starters. So they didn't really care about this game. Um, imagine the Cowboys. Oh, so sweet. The Cowboys went down yeah. Tampa. And one of these so four awesome. or seven seeds between the Jags and the Bucks, and I don't think the Dolphins are going into to Buffalo and winning, especially if Tua can't play. Uh, I don't think that's know. happening. You, you never know. know. I, I don't think that'll happen. Uh, and what's the other? Uh, whoever the, we don't know the seven in the NFC yet, but I don't think know they're going to have a shot depending on who the two is. Man, if it's the Packers, if it's the Packers versus the Vikings, oh my god! Uh, yeah. I mean. Who isn't picking the bike? Who isn't picking the Packers in that game? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Kirk Cousins in a game against the Packers that matters that you just start and they got blown out last week. Yeah. And ho- hopefully this take doesn't age too poorly for people who are listening to this tomorrow after all yeah. of this. But the the Lions decided to wear their all white uniforms, like the plain white pants, plain white socks with their white jerseys. They're going into Green Bay dressed as a white flag they're like they're they're going in dressed as a team that surrenders so oh. yeah have, have fun with that one also i just another note as to how much things can change in an off season or not not change but just like how fickle the nfl can be yeah we're all we're all talking about mcdaniels and the issues in las vegas and all that and how the team they were almost a playoff team last year 10 and 7 last year and really fallen out this year or were they 11 and 11 and 6 last year yeah, eleven and I think eleven and six. I think so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The Raiders are four games worse this season than they were last year with a better point differential. They scored more points and allowed less points this year than they did last year, and they're four games worse. It's that's crazy. just that's how the NFL goes. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's just and you that's, know it just is what it is sometimes, and, right? And Jakob Johnson played almost as many snaps for them as Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller each did because of the injuries they had. Yeah. So. Yeah, they had some real struggles. I, I do think McDaniel's going to be okay um, eventually, but I don't know if he's a good coach. I don't think you can point to this year and say he's a bad coach. Right, right. I agree. I agree. So, all right. So let's get out of here. Um, uh, I do, think we, do we want to take a look at who the opponents are going to be for next year, real quick, since that's being finalized? Okay. So yes, Ben Volen tweeted this out already. I think. Uh, I think it is. I believe it's actually done at this point. Um, it and so, be, yeah. and so the home 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 games, uh, which there might be one in Germany, um, uh, but I, we'll see. I bet we do. It'd be it would be very shrewd of Kraft to somehow get a road game in Germany. Yeah, you might be right. Although he says that he says that Pittsburgh's a road game and Indy's at home. I didn't think Indy was at home. I thought Pittsburgh was. 
at home. Sure Indy's, on Indy's on the road. Pittsburgh's at home. That's, That's what I thought. That's what I thought. He said, apologies, Pittsburgh's a road game and Indy's at home. I don't believe he's right. But either way, I think the original one is right. Either way, it looks like home games, obviously Buffalo, Miami, and the Jets. Then you have Kansas City, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Commanders, the Steelers, and the and the Saints. That is that is an absolute gauntlet, dude. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Buffalo, Col- Kansas City. Go ahead. The Colts are at home and the Steelers are on the road. I just really? That. Yeah. I don't know why I thought AFC South was on the road and AFC North was at home. Nope. Okay. Nope. All right. Well, there you go. So, and then the road is Buffalo, Miami, the Jets, obviously, and then Denver, Vegas, the Giants, Dallas, and Pittsburgh, apparently. So, Indy's at home and, and Pittsburgh is on the road. So, um, you know, all again, and I think Denver stinks, but maybe they'll be better next year. They're in Vegas maybe again next year. Certainly might be. Yeah. Certainly sounds well, like sounds like that might be likely, you know? Yeah, and it's I think on its face, it's kind of a difficult schedule, but also let's look at this. Um like the, uh, some of these teams, the Colts, I don't think are going to be good next year. The Giants are very much a team in flux. We'll yep. see what the Cowboys look like. I don't think that's a bad team. But I don't know how good of a team it's going to be. The Raiders are very much in flux. The Broncos, I think, are going to be bad until we see them be good. Uh, they're going to get the Saints at home, which should be that's kind of your revenge game for the the John Smith pick six game yeah. uh, in Max first year. The Saints don't look that great. That should be winnable. Commanders are still figuring things out. Uh, Steelers, I, I don't know what they they finished above 500 this year. I don't know how good they actually are. And then I look at kind of Chargers, Chiefs, Eagles as the non-divisional games. We'll see what the Chargers are. I don't trust them year over year. No Eagles and Chiefs Chargers. get you get them both at home. Yeah. Chiefs are a team that I think they've game planned well against in the Mahomes era for the most part. And the Eagles are going to bring that QB run game. And this is your chance to kind of get redemption for the Ravens game and prove that the defense can handle that against the right. fields game too. Yeah. Uh, it's if you're, if, if you're good enough to be the second team in the AFC East with all that, and you're good enough to go four and two in the division, you should be a playoff team next year with right. all of, if you're playing football that well. Um, well, and that's the thing. I mean, obviously all things considered, right. All things considered with, you know, injuries and, and everything like that, you would, you would like to think you can beat the jets twice again next year. You'd like to think you can split with Miami next year, right? So that gives you three wins in the division. Maybe you can beat Buffalo once, maybe not. I don't know. Well, but you, yeah. but you know, but uh, say, say you'd like to beat, say you can beat, you know, Washington, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Denver, the Giants, and Indy. That's that's nine wins right there, right? And then that that's not even counting you know, Dallas or Vegas or, you know, LA, who I think is, you know, LA, like, I'm sorry, no one should trust that team. And I think, I think what it does is it kind of puts you in the same spot you are this year. If you're good enough to, to beat even some of the good teams you play, probably going to be a playoff team. If you're not, you probably won't be. And that's what the season ended up coming down to this year. If the Patriots could finish above 500 in their division, they were going to make the playoffs, and they did. They finished at 500. You beat you beat Miami in the first game, or you beat Buffalo once this year, and you're in the playoffs, yeah. and they didn't do it. So, yep. uh, again, you are what your record says you are, and divisional record matters. And I think it's I think it's going to be tough. 
as long as New England gets swept by Buffalo every year, I think it's going to be real tough sledding. So I think number one thing is going to be find a way to to split with them next year. When again, I think you bring in guys like Marcus Jones and Jack Jones to be able to play with with a team like this. Um, mm-hmm. And again, you, know, you didn't have Jack Jones in this game, obviously, but again, outside of the special teams, you kind of hung with this team. Now, maybe Buffalo, you know, maybe if you don't give up those two, Buffalo ends up winning anyways because they're Buffalo and they're a better team than you. Maybe they do, but maybe you figure out a way 20, to win this game. If it's 23-21 or probably 24-21 because you're not going for two and Josh Allen has the ball at the end, I don't know if I feel great about that. You might still right. lose the game, but you'd rather lose on that than the special team stuff. Correct. Yeah, uh, correct. Qu- question uh, in the chat from Dark Blue Gold. Do we have the option of moving on from Angalore and Janu next year? Angalore is a free agent. I don't we expect know. he's back unless he gets no. Kind, no. Some kind of – No, not unless. A, no. A bargain bin contract would no. be what it would take for him to come don't back care. at um, – <laughs> Janu would be expensive. I, I, off the top of my head here, I think if he's a post June first cut, designated as such, then you don't have to eat as much money on it, and you could spread it out a little bit. And you're still going to have to eat money, but quite a bit. Yeah, I think it's basically one of those. If you're willing to pay a little bit to make Janu go away, you can make it happen. Which, quite frankly, I'm willing to make. I'm willing to do that. Um, Jonathan Jones, Jacoby Myers, Damian Harris. Are those the top three free agents right now? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. So that's, you know, so you see what happens there. And, and you know, if Jones comes back for the right price, we already talked about this. Jones like come back, two the back right for price. the right price. And Myers, I think you prioritize bringing back. Correct. Yep. Yep. So. And, and after all that, depending we'll on what happens, you may end up with 50 mil in cap space. And then it's what, how much is Peppers? Does Cordy come back? And, you fill out the, the fringes of stuff and it goes down in a hurry. But if you decide to let Jonathan Jones walk and Damian Harris walk, you're going to have enough money to probably get one really good free agent. Right. So well, let's see where they decide to spend that money. And the other thing, and, and you know, if you want to criticize Belichick and I, I will be the first to do this over the off season. Cause I will be criticizing Belichick over the off season because last year, you know, you move on from Stefan Gilmore mid-season and get nothing back. You get a sixth-round pick in the 2023 draft, which you'll get this year. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And then you get nothing back for J.C. Jackson, and he walks to L.A., and so you think, well, he signs a massive contract. We're going to get a third-round pick. Nope. Sorry. He breaks his leg. And because of that, you're only going to get a fourth-round pick back for J.C. Jackson, most likely, which sucks. That sucks. And so, so you lose you lose your number one and number two corner going into last year. Now, of course, you know, Gilmore didn't play last year, but you lose what you assume to be a one and a two, both very good cornerbacks going into last year. And you get back a fourth and sixth round pick in 2023. That's just, that is unacceptable. It would have been unacceptable with a third round pick, but a whole nother round later is, is even worse. Uh, And it's just, you know, that, that is really tough. And, and, Dark Blue Gold, the question, I didn't want to pay J.C. Jackson. I'm not saying you should have paid J.C. Jackson. I'm saying you should have traded him at the deadline last year when you knew that that team wasn't good enough to win the Super Bowl and you weren't going to spend all that money to re-sign him. It was stupid to keep him around. And so that was that was the biggest issue I had was you knew he was going to get paid. You knew it. And you were going to try to keep him at a bargain bin you know, or at a, at a hometown discount, which J.C. Jackson was not going to take. Oh. 
I will say, trade the deadline last year, they did think they might be a Super Bowl contender with how many wins they had put together in a row. True, so true. I think it's, I think it's easy to say in hindsight that you probably should have done something different there. I, you'll take the mid round pick. It's not ideal, but it's right. I I, I think of of all the guys we've seen walk out the door, I think it's guys like Tooney and the way the Stephon Gilmore situation ended. Although they got something back for him that you look at and. Uh, a lot, a lot of talent has walked out the door in the last couple of years without a lot of return. And a lot of that is because of retirement. So you can't get any compensation on that. I think the 21 is the one you look back on and really regret and wish you got something. Yeah, agreed. I agree with that. So anyways, all right, let's get out of here. We've been here for 75 minutes now. So thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. We'll be back on Wednesday or Wednesday or Thursday, some point midweek this week. We'll do a full you googly of the 2022 uh, at New England Patriots. That's and are we going to... That's We're a Zoolander reference. Does anyone, a little bit? does anyone get the Zoolander reference? I don't know. I don't know if anyone got it. I haven't it seen it. I'm uncultured. So Okay. No, you're also 24. So, I mean, like, you know. No, I'm, I don't like watch. When you were born. I watch too much sports, man. I don't yeah. watch movies or TV. It's basically all sports for me. So. Again, in your defense, that movie came out, like, when you were, like, two. So, you know, I mean, it's, you know. But either way. Um, so, uh, yes. Are we going to do a playoff talk, preview? We'll, or are we going to look at some of playoff. the other... I would think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, I would think we'll talk to playoff. I'm curious for at least at least some of this stuff, what's going to happen. I will yeah. we'll see what the playoffs look like. And Agreed. Obviously, we'll have some draft stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So, so we'll see. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it, and we will, uh, we will talk to you uh, midweek this week. Take care. Mm-hmm.